0: Hello, everybody. It's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And, uh, well, it's been an interesting week for the Blues. A defeat on the return of fans on Saturday at Portland Road to a win just about against Burton Albion, bottom of League One on Tuesday night. More fans were there. David and Thomas were there. And they're with us as well on this podcast. But before I go over to them... And before I go to Harvey and Liam, we have a man making his debut. His name is James. How are you doing, my friend? And uh, your thoughts on the Portsmouth defeat?
1: Oh dear, it was not good, was it? Welcome. Uh, thanks very much, Ross. And hello, everybody. Uh, as Ross said, my name is James. Uh, I am in my mid-20s now. I have been a season ticket holder on and off for the last 15 years. And um, about... Six or seven years ago, I was at university in Bar and co founded the ITFC Southwest Group, um, so the supporters club down there, and uh, still going now and, and run by an uh, uh, individual called John, uh, doing a great job. Um, I currently now live in London and work as a software developer and still an Ipswich fan from afar and currently not a season ticket holder, but was going to games quite regularly last season. And then obviously, COVID hit and been watching them all on iFollow since. Uh, so, getting on to the game against Portsmouth, I would say that the overall is apathy. I would say that there were some positive bits about it. For example, at 0 0, I thought that our pressing was a lot better. I thought it was a lot more effective than it has been in previous games. And I think that is. Because we gave Portsmouth a little bit more respect, we thought that they knew they would break us quite well and they would pass the ball around quite well. And I did actually find that quite a lot, is that they were passing it quite effectively and they were so much more effective going forward in the final third than we were. So while, as has been for the style all season, we've passed it around the back and not really done much with the ball going forward, I actually thought Portsmouth were very comfortable on the ball in our final third. They were very good decision makers. Like, just take their goal, their first goal, for example. Like, they literally were just passing it to each other. And the guy probably should have shot, and but he saw a better decision and just put, laid it off to his teammate, and he banged it in. So, but that kind of thing, I just can't see us as an Ipswich team doing. And it, that's the kind of thing that worries me. So. I thought the bar was quite low for us pressing teams, but that is what we did. Um, and then for the second goal, I just think the timing of that is just absolutely atrocious for us. Uh, because if you remember the FA Cup game that we played against them earlier in the season, we were 2-0 down and as well, like the same kind of thing. And we were playing absolute crap. And yet we managed to sneak a goal just before half-time and it kind of just changed the whole mood. Like, we went into the dressing room and we came out that second half and we were playing, like, unbelievably, like, infinitely better. But I just don't think that we as fans and, and the players, I just don't think they believe that they can score two goals. I just don't think we can believe that we're going to create enough chances. We don't have enough, penetrative attacks. We don't get into the box enough. Like, that's the stat I've been seeing the last few weeks. Like, we're one of the fourth, we're like the fourth worst team in the league for getting in the box. And it's just, it just worries me that we go 2-0 down and we don't have any fight left in us because we're not willing to put those balls in the box.
0: Well, well put there, James, making his uh, mark straight away on the pod. I'm going to go over to Harvey, the sweet Welsh prince, friend of the show of the main pod. I don't think I've ever actually said this on the game's extra time. I don't know why I haven't. But Harvey, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Your thoughts on the Portsmouth defeat.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Pleasure. Um, Predictable. Again, I I mentioned it a few weeks ago the last time I was on about um, the mentality issue we've got. And I don't want to keep going back to it. But, I mean, can anybody here, even at 1-0, can they say that they were confident that the Ipswich were going to turn it around? As soon as I saw we went one nil behind, I, I immediately thought that this was this was game over, essentially. And I know that's that's a shit thing to say, but it's just where we are at the moment. It's It just seems as though as soon as we go a goal down or as soon as we lose a bit of confidence or as soon as we get found out, which we're doing a lot at the moment, we're so easy to play against, we just seem to to absolutely bottle it. And that's just... Kind of been the story of our season so far. There's, de- there's definitely an issue there. Um, I think it was, they were decent goals. And the the lad Williams from Portsmouth is a good player. Um, but, I mean, you look at, you look at Portsmouth's team and, and system and the way they play, and you look at ours, they don't play the most exciting football, Portsmouth, I don't think. They're, a, they're very much a 4-4-2 kind of team. Kenny Jackets teams have always really been like that. But every single player in that side, in that Portsmouth side, knows exactly what their role is. Where I think if if you if you flip the coin and look at look at where we are as a team, I still think Lambert's trying to figure it out. So if Lambert's trying to figure it out, obviously the players aren't gonna have a clue, are they? So it just it just shows the difference in, in where the two teams are. And I thought to myself during the game, you know, if we did make the playoffs and we and we faced a Portsmouth in the, you know, in the final, the semi final. I just, we just wouldn't beat them. <laughs> it's as simple as that. We we just wouldn't, you know. We we can't do it on a on a on a Saturday afternoon. So we're definitely not going to do it in a, you know, when the pressure's on even more in the in the playoffs. So again, predictable. As soon as I saw we went one nil down, and obviously the the two the two nil down at forty five minutes, it was it was game over by that point. Um, unfortunately, that's just that's just where we are at the minute. It's it's um, we're not in a good place.
0: Definitely, and then I'm going to go over to, to you, Thomas. Uh, normally, I speak to you after the game. Um, I did speak to you after the game on Tuesday, but on Saturday's fans were back, so I was there speaking to fans outside the ground. So it was a rare um, game without speaking to you. So I want to get your thoughts on the game. Uh, was not good, was it?
3: No, uh, but it was predictable. You know, we all we can't be a top side, so we all kind of expected the worst, and we got the worst. So, um, I don't think we are that great. I do agree with James about the pressing; it was better but it still wasn't good enough um I felt like the first goal for them is the way we should be playing if we want to play like that that's how we aim to play and then all of a sudden you know it's um they scored a goal how we aim to play um <laughs> David's cat's putting me off yeah washing Felix the, is coming in yeah yeah <laughs> washing there next to him but yeah um so yeah, I I did feel like, you know, if that's the, the way we aspire to play, that's the way we should be playing, but we don't. And Portsmouth came they gave us a lesson there on how to get the ball in the box and score convincingly there. And then for their second as well, I feel like Chambers could have done more. Um, he obviously from memory, I think he could have gone for the header and he kind of I can't quite remember exactly what happened, but it wasn't it wasn't quite good enough. Um, especially for a defender of his calibre. Um he should be doing more there to at least get hold on that and you know potentially change the game. So those two goals, obviously, I think Dobra was a bright spark um, for us on Saturday. Um, but yeah, by the time it was Tuna down, half-time, we did had no fight. It was, we weren't going to get back into that, and um, it was just predictable. Like I said, um, I think I remember the fans booing at the 60th minute when he took Jackson off for Drynan. I don't understand why he still didn't change it to 4-4-2. Then, even though it's worked in the past, he had half an hour left to try and change it. But, you know, changed the formation and he still left it another 10 minutes before changing the formation. That's 10 minutes less of time to get two goals to bring us back into the game and get a point. So um, I think decision making still isn't right somewhere. It's got to change still. Um, there was some stubbornness or what, I don't know. But, yeah, it wasn't a good performance in my eyes and it wasn't a good result. But it was, it was expected. Okay.
0: well. I want to go over to uh, Felix the cat get her it's thoughts on the game I'm joking I'll, it, it's ran off it's ran off but uh, David uh, did you yeah. watch the
3: game? did you watch the
1: game?
4: Hey, Felix? yeah no um, he was a, no he was he was asleep on the bedside table okay why, why, why well you was table. as well <laughs> yeah. Was a, yeah wise decision wise
5: because but, um, of the game
0: yeah yeah, I think most of us were asleep, yeah, pretty much in the second half. But, uh, David, thank you as ever for joining us. Uh, your your take on the defeat. Uh, once again, we can't beat a top six side, top ten side.
4: Um, and it wasn't a great view, was it? No, we was shit, but um, <laughs> we knew that beforehand, didn't we? Um, bonuses. Nolan only lasted about four and a half minutes of giving the ball away. That was, that was a, a bonus. Um, yeah, Dobra was decent, um, and it was good to hear people actually in the ground able to express their discontent with the idiot, idiot in charge. Um, but um, I don't, as various people know, I don't like one up top, and it's OK when you've got inside forwards who are cutting into the box and you've got full able to give you some width. But if you wide ones are either dropping into midfield to make 4-5-1, or they're sticking to the touchline and it doesn't work because you end up with only one person in the box. And when that's Jackson, he's not even in the box because he's drifted wide right to um, create something for nobody. So, yeah, don't like that. And it concerns me, and it happened again on Tuesday night, the manner of several of our goals recently, which has been, and and Plymouth tried to do this as well. You saw it with Noble, the way he was holding the ball up and playing it in there trying to get around the back of the fullbacks. And I think that that's, you know, that the, that goal for Portsmouth comes across the box. And I know that they tapped it back and they created a bit of space that way. But basically, it's the same thing against several sides. They've got round the back of the fullbacks, cross low into the box, and it causes carnage around there because it's so close to the keeper. Is it the keeper? Is it you've got overloaded players? But it's getting around the back of the fullbacks all the time. And I put a, I, I tweeted about it during the week that our fullbacks are a problem. Not, not just Chambers um, playing out of position at 35, but Ward as well. And I don't necessarily think it's just the fact that he came back after an injury because lots of players have had injuries and they come back. Um, not just for us, for other teams as well. I think having two 35-year-old fullbacks is when you're looking for them to provide your width is a problem, particularly when one of them isn't a fullback. Remarkably, we do actually have a fullback at the club. It's just that our idiot won't play him.
0: Yeah, he, he. yeah, he played, of course, for the under twenty ones. Um, or no, yeah, under twenty
4: ones. They called under twenty under twenty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, un- on- unlike unlike, of course, Joinen, who needs minutes after an injury, so we don't play him in the under twenty threes. But which is the obvious place to give somebody minutes? Because if you're coming back from injuries, you put them in the reserves to build their fitness up. That's the whole point of having that thing really isn't it um to keep people fit but no we're not going to do that we're going to give dronin minutes to get fit in a first team game when we're chasing two 0 down and he's not properly fit does that make any sense at all no so yeah
0: the leader of the genoi fan club has spoken and before i go over to you, <laughs> liam i want to go over to james um you've got something else to add there my friend
1: yeah just just backing up uh, uh david's point that uh, I think the season's just catching up with Chambers and Ward. It's just like earlier on in the season we were they were up and down the wings all game pretty much. They were so effective. They were actually doing a really good job at full backs. Um, but now they just look they both look a shadow of what they were early in the season.
0: Of course Chambers scored an absolute belter against Blackpool. I don't know where that yep. Chambers has been since well well, oh, I don't know. I don't think he's been that good since that game, basically. Because that that great ball to
4: my boy Gwion. He's, in well, he's cutting in now, isn't he? He's reaching yeah. sort of halfway or just after halfway, and then he's cutting inside and he's making he's making a sort of a diagonal run from about the halfway line in, rather than bombing forward. He's still getting caught upfield, mm-hmm. which is how people are getting behind him. But I think it is fitness thing. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's unfit, but I think it's an age thing. If you're looking for having, if if you ask him and Ward to play as fullbacks. I think they could do that job perfectly well. But if you're looking to play them effectively as attacking fullbacks, giving you that width and they've got to get up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I think that's a problem when they're thirty five. Sadly
3: Tuesday, Sadly Tuesday isn't happening helping with thirty five year olds, is it say, so it's just
4: Yeah, I mean but I don't think that's COVID either, because I mean forty six games plus that's you you have loads of midweek games yeah. in League One, don't you? Yeah, but we've
3: got more this year though, haven't we? That's still kinda of...
4: Well out I all the cuts are, though,
3: aren't we? <laughs> well the EFL tr- uh, trophy. The yeah, EFL yeah cup,
4: but you know and, what I mean? It's, I it's still... Yeah. yeah it's still it stood us in good stead though, because Portsmouth's still in there. They must have been more tired than us. Yeah, obviously.
0: Uh finally, good old Liam from crew is with us. Um let's try to forget the Portsmouth game, but your final take on the game and um apparently you've got some points to make. I don't know if it's for the Portsmouth game or the Burton game, but Take yeah, over do
5: friend. it after the Burton game, I think. Okay. Um cool. it'll it'll link it will link it nicely together. Um first point I want to make is is basically what James and, and Harvey said at the beginning. James said about um the goal being scored on half time. Um it, it does make a big difference. But then Harvey comes out and says, Well, did anyone actually feel that we were gonna get back into it when we were one nil down? And I completely agree with him. I I don't think it mattered that we conceded on half-time again for the second goal because I don't think we looked like we were going to get one, let alone the two. Um, I I said to you on Monday uh, in the recap that I I thought this was the worst. Out out of the three big teams that we played at Portman Road this season, in Hull, Charlton and now uh, Portsmouth, I thought this was the worst. because we had that one chance in the first 15 minutes uh, for Dobran. He was the only bright spark in the game for me. Um, maybe could have done a bit better, but I'm not going to slate the boy too much. He got into a good position and the keeper made a, a decent stop. But we didn't create anything after that. And then every chance that came after that fell to a foot- Portsmouth player. And... Even at 2-0 in the first half, they had us at arm's length. And actually, if it hadn't been for the bar and Cornell, we would have been would have been six, seven. I know Hull um scored three and maybe could have had one more. And I know Charlton scored two and could have had a couple more. But I mean, those though that four-nil still hiding, but this could have been six or seven. Um we were beaten by a much better team, a team who knew what they were doing. Um, and for me, this whole, this whole kind of injuries, injuries thing doesn't cut it for me. Um, we'll get the players back, but will it make much of a difference to how we play? We're still going to be slow. We're still going to be really ponderous. Uh, and are we going to create chances? Not a lot. Do we have the strike force clinical enough to take those chances? No. Um, someone made an interesting point in the week um, that I saw, I think, on Twitter. That Does it matter if Tam doesn't beat any of the top sides but carries on beating all the bottom sides? Well, in, in, in the scheme of things, the way it's going, you could say no, they could beat all the bottom sides and they'll get into a promotion position whether it be via playoff or, or automatic. But the point, um, the point that I think it was Tom made was that if we got into the playoffs, are we going to beat the likes of a Portsmouth or, or a Charlton or any of those teams that are going to be in the playoffs at the end of it? If we can't beat them through the regular season, I can't see us beating them in a two-legged playoff to go up. And then win the final uh, at Wembley. So it's vital we actually win some of these games, but we don't look like we're doing it. And for me, we're not going anywhere on the Lambert. um, And no, uh, it's not getting any better at all.
0: Well, he put there. And then Thomas, to finally speak about Portsmouth. I
3: was going to just go back to Liam's point there. And I understand his points about Portsmouth, you know, they could have easily scored six, seven against us. We could have been fresh, you know, arguably. But um, he said that Portsmouth was the worst. But for me, I don't agree. I believe it was Charlton. Um, They've got a makeshift defence there. They've got a centre-mid and a right-back playing their defence. And we don't even challenge them one bit when Charlton came to our place. Yet Burton, who were absolutely god-awful on Tuesday, put four past them. What's that telling us? You know, for me, it's arguably, yeah, Portsmouth could have won by five, 6, 7. I completely agree with that. But Charleston was the worst performance in terms of what they had against us. And we just didn't capitalise on that at all. When if you want to get promoted, you should be.
0: OK, well, let's uh, move on from Portsmouth and go on to Burton on Tuesday night. Uh, David and Thomas was there, um, part of the 2000 fans who uh, won the ballot. I don't, I don't know if you've won it. I don't know. I don't know. You you, you you, know, you got accepted into the ballot and you were able to watch. But uh, back to winning ways against uh, bottom of the league, Burton. Uh, once again, it wasn't the greatest game, but we did score goals in open play. So, yay. Um, Keenan Bennett, of course, scoring his first goal for the club and then Hugh scoring a late. It wasn't like late, 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 but it was like the 80th minute. So it's it's somewhat late uh, to get us all three points. And so now we're we're two points off top of the league whole city which is just ridiculous when i see the table sometimes i'm going really we actually really only two points away from whole city of course i've got a game in hand but we are still in the mix apparently but um i want to go over to you david first to get your thoughts on being back at Portland road after how many months is it eight months eight months that no, too, right? too long too long too long yeah Ignore the, the proper amount of months, but um, too long. But was it good to be back at Porton Road and we'll get on to the game after I go back to Thomas to get his thoughts? But, um, of course, in a different area of the ground for yourself, uh, of course, you, you went with your daughter, Francine. Um, you always drop her name in. We don't actually like tell people who she is to you. So it's your daughter <laughs> who you go to games with. Um, but, yeah, how, how was it being back? Under lights as well. That's the best time to be at Porton Road.
4: Um, I I'm, ple- I'm I don't want to sound like I'm not pleased to be back because I it was it was excellent to be back but it was um I I have sympathy and I know that Brad and Matt have less sympathy people coming back while the match day experience isn't the same because it's not. Um it was much better watching it in the ground than it is watching on television. And I mean, I'm, I'm delighted to have been down there delighted to have been involved afterwards, you know, standing outside the ground in the cold, being interviewed by you. Um, all of that, all of that stuff and being able to stand up briefly before the over-officious stewards come over, um, which are a speciality of churchmen's. Then, yeah, so I'm I'm pleased to be back, but with certain degree of caveats. I miss my beer beforehand, miss beer afterwards, I miss... I missed having any atmosphere as well, because it's difficult with 2000 fans to create that. And especially when you're stuck in the corner of churchman's, um, you know, I, I like to stand up the entire entire game in, in North stand and shout abuse at referees. And <laughs> that, 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 so that wasn't, a, that wasn't an option. Um, I'm, I'm sure that I would have woken people up around me if I'd started shouting abuse at referees. So no, I'm, 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 I was very pleased to be back and it's it, it sort of that there's sort of, little nibble at perhaps some something normal returning soon. So I was pleased with that bit. I
0: think, I think that's one. I bet that's what referees and the goalkeepers have missed, like getting abuse from fans, you know, calling the referee a wanker and, you know, the goalkeeper when they're about to, you know, kick it up. Say you, shit, you know, like that, stuff like that.
4: But um, yeah, Thomas, I mean, I was, I was annoyed, sorry, by, by, refer, by the um, stewards who insisted we sat down. <laughs> we sat, we stood up for the first five or six minutes and they, then they came in and said, like, sit down, sit down, sit down, and so on, which I've had before. We had it a couple of years ago playing Norwich where they came over and all the Norwich fans over there were all standing and we had to sit down. And they, they had this big thing and it's churchman's stewards get right up my nose, which is why I want to be out of there as quickly as possible. Definitely. And um, Thomas you were
0: of course, in the co-op stands. Um, is that your normal seat? well not, not not your normal normal seat but is that where you normally are or are you somewhere else
3: yeah i'm normally area p upper co-op um upper co-op sorry um yeah. further back though so i was row c on tuesday but i think i'm like row o or something i'm not sure i can not remember but um but basically it's basically the same just a bit further down um and the only other difference was katie wasn't there but of course she had other stuff to do so she didn't enter the ballot for that one but um
0: that is his um as her, as his girlfriend. Oh in yeah, way. Sorry, Just let a... people know.
3: It's a bit of a no, fiance.
0: <laughs> oh, fiance. Sorry. No, yeah. yeah. Future is wife right to off? be. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Future Mrs. Segonds. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. How was it being back at Port and of course, being part of game day in the flesh, seeing myself. Uh, move on, move on from that. <laughs> but yeah, your thoughts, my friend.
3: Yeah, I, I did enjoy being back. Um, like David has a nibble back to normality in a way um it wasn't obviously quite the same i mean you had temperature checks beforehand and then you had to give your id and then ticket to scan which is the same normally, normally a season ticket but this time it was i didn't print mine off even though it says print at home but it was fine on the phone so just hand that over and obviously just go straight to your seat no one lingering around in the bar because they're not open so you just have to go straight up there find your seat um so i found that a bit odd but once i was in the seat it was more or less the same um for watching the players warm up and then obviously come out and watch the game. The only difference was um obviously not as not as busy and not as um not as much atmosphere which which I did miss. Um I did find myself being a bit less shouty. I think that's just because of you know it's just no one else was really there. It felt like anyway, because it's normally much more busy than that. But um yeah, I did enjoy being back. It was it made a change from watching what I follow And definitely, definitely remind you how much you can see in person and then what the camera show you so um it was good to be back um sounds, like, game
1: sounds like you uh you fell into the mark sevens trap then of uh <laughs> of, of, of seeing much more at the ground than what you can on iFollow. Well, follow oh yeah well
3: i um as soon as i started my game day interview i thought i'd take the mic and start saying how i really enjoyed it and how how much better it is watching it in football you know i can understand how lambert's way of thinking you know we played so much better when you're in the flesh but <laughs> but that's not true um yeah, I, I meant more the camera angles. You know, sometimes you can't always see who's standing where because whereas when you're at the game, you can see who's there and if they have got to it and stuff like that. So it's, it's much better, as we know anyway. I hate being an armchair fan. I can't wait until we go back properly. Um, but yeah, and obviously doing the game day interview afterwards, the only thing I hated about it was I couldn't hold the microphone, like I told you afterwards. it just, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> we, don't
0: want, but, we, don't want to, we don't want to spread, spread it more with a mic because no, people are going to be no, touching no, yeah. it, even with gloves on i have my gloves, I gloves but I, I still it's still you know I don't still transfer some way but anyway
3: yeah i <laughs> know yeah i know i get that um so it's just it was good doing that though because it adds another sense of normality i hate doing it over the camera really on skype um i don't really watch it back through skype because i know what i've been watching what's been said but when you're there in person it's a bit different so i watch it back more than less um all the time when it's at the ground but yeah um Overall, it was good to be back, but I can't wait until it's more normal. Let's say
0: definitely. Ah. Well, let's get into the game. I'm going to go over to you, James. First, I was about to say my friend, my frown counter has so far been four. So if I say any anymore, <laughs> n- note it down. Note it down. I think it's my thing now, and it? just my friend, all that jazz. Of course, it's just it's my. I'm going to I'm going to get t-shirts. That's coming soon. T-shirts of them them slogans. But uh,
3: okay, so James. Is it? Is it- It'd be Ross's friend. Just gets all one. It's just yeah, like Ross's yeah. friend on it. Right? Yeah, Ross's friend. <laughs> or Roscoe's <basically>. friend.
0: <laughs> Roscoe's friend. Yeah, producer Ross. All that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> I did that on purpose. That one. But yes, James. Um, a win, just about a win. Uh, your overall thoughts on the game uh, against bottom
1: of the league, Burton. Um, so when I was watching the game, I thought we've kind of found our level, and that's no compliment whatsoever. It was. A really competitive game, as in that both teams were pretty bad, and again, that's that's not nothing to be proud of. I thought that at times we were we were actually quite a lot better than Athena, because we were actually going a little bit more direct. We weren't focusing so much on passing it around the back. We were trying to get it forward to Hawkins and. Although we don't always love that style of football, a la Mick McCarthy, don't mention his name, but we've been guilty of passing it too much without actually having any threat going forward. And I did think that on Tuesday, we were a little bit more, you know, straight down the middle, long balls. And I think more than anything, we overemphasize the quality of other teams' defences and really if you just pump the ball up occasionally defences will struggle because they'll panic and we'll get into all sorts of trouble. We do have some pace up there. We had Bennett until he got injured and we have Jackson Uh, so there is pace there and we can scare defences and really we're just giving them far too much respect by trying to completely play through them whereas if we play a little bit more directly like we did on Tuesday that goal after four minutes Came from a long ball and it was just very poor Burton defending, which and then it landed at Bennett's foot. And to be fair, it was a quality finish. But
5: uh,
1: like we need to scare defenses a little bit more, and you can scare defenses by putting your free kicks into the middle of the box, putting long balls up there. Like every time we have a free kick, we seem to just pass it short, and it's so easy to defend against. What I would say going on to Burton's goal, because that, like, we started really well. We had about three chances in the first 10 minutes, and I can't remember any game where we've had that many chances in like, the first little period. But after that, it kind of was same old, same old Ipswich. And when Burton scored, uh, I think I heard Mick Mills on I Follow Commentary and he was saying, oh, Burton have five people in the box. And I just was wondering to myself, why have they got five people in the box? And it just struck, it, it dawned on me that no... No opposition fear us. They don't think we're going to break at pace. We're not going to counterattack them. And they're damn right we're not. If we're going to get the ball, we're going to pass it slowly. We're going to try and do slow build-up. So they can commit as many people forward as they can because they know they're going to have the time to get back. And really, we can't. We are not set up or we haven't got it in our heads that we're going to break at pace. And therefore, like we're no, we're no threat to them. And it just leaves ourselves more vulnerable. Um, and then, so we go into half time, and it's kind of it's one of those things where it's like, well, I've seen this Ipswich about 10 times this season already. And to be honest, second half, I switched off a bit because it's, it's that thing where it's you kind of think Burton are no good, but you also you've got the realization that. We're not good at in large parts as well. Our decision making is so poor going forward. I was talking about it in the Portsmouth game as well. um, That they are so they are much better at they're much better at decision making than we are. And we get into a final third and we completely panic. And if we're trying to play passing football, we just can't do it like that. Um, So getting the goal was was beautiful, obviously because. We're all Ipswich fans. We're all going to celebrate wins, and I, me and my me and my flatmate, we gave it a big cheer when we when we did score, of course. Um, but it just kind of felt like we were we were grinding through it again, and it wasn't anything impressive. And when you're playing a team bottom of the table, you've you've really got to be doing better than that. But it comes back to the fact that we always seem to beat these teams at the bottom of the table, and it's just. Maybe we're bad, but they are just a very slightly bit worse. And probably one last thing I want to add is that Chambers got away with an absolute howler in the last minute of the game. And I cannot believe like, how many headers he's missing at the moment. I just I don't quite understand it. Like, I mean, he's not been amazing but for a good few seasons, but he has been a lot better than he has been in the last few games. He just seems to be missing easy balls. We seem to be losing out and it, and it's letting us down at times.
0: Brilliant. Now, I want to go over to good old Liam Uh get his thoughts on the game. Uh, well, we were sending us on the Monday recap. The full circle is going to start from losing <laughs> against a promotion challenger then now beating a bottom of the table side. So uh, we're going to lose this Saturday probably. Um, but yeah, your, your thoughts on the
5: 2-1 win against Burn Albion. Uh, this is the kind of area where I want to make this point that I've mentioned before. First of all, I, I said, um, I, I said to someone at work actually, it's almost like you're buying a cheap, um, set of batteries and putting them in, and you get the first 10 minutes absolute boom, they came out, out of the blocks, what we all wanted to see high tempo. And then after that 10 minutes, it's like, you know they're cheap because they suddenly die. And it's just back to the same ponderous crap we've watched all season. And we can see the goal. And then, frankly, we didn't look like scoring in the second half. Um, long shots. I mean, Lambert's saying we, we we pressed and pressed and pressed and we we kept going and going. But, I mean, Burton... If, if it hadn't have been for that scrappy goal, Burton would have come away with a comfortable draw because they didn't look threatened at all, and yet they were gone. But the point I want to make is most people know that, um, well, my name says it, I, I'm not from Ipswich, and um, my Ipswich fandom has only been very recent. Um, And I had an interesting conversation with um, my mate, who I actually sit next to. um, And I agree with David, actually, about the whole North Stand and being in there to abuse referees. I'm in there usually. So uh, when I do come back from Scotland, I'll probably miss out on that for a while. Um, But the guy who got me in to go in to watch Ipswich... um, I was chatting to him and, and the first thing he said to me about 70 minutes into the game, he said, are you watching this crap? And I said, yeah. And we were having a chat and I, I asked him about when I get back, are you going to bother going into the ballot? And he said, um, no, I'm not at the moment. And a lot of it is, I think, a mixture of the way that we're playing and the regulations that are currently there where we can't go for beers and, and that's his prerogative. But the thing that scared me, well, it didn't scare me, but the thing that struck me most was he said to me, um, I'm even considering in the summer, if things don't change, I'm considering not renewing and I'm going to go and watch local non-league football um, where I can enjoy myself and have a good crack and, and have a drink. And and I said, and I asked him, I said, How long have you been a season ticket? On? And he said, 25 years. Now, the point I want to make is, is that I said to Mark actually in a tweet when he was looking for his, his collections for his tweets, I, I I think it was after the Peterborough game, actually, I said that the result. Um, actually, no. It was the Burton game. The result papers over the cracks, and as fans, we're not stupid. We can see that. But I said that this probably vindicates the hierarchy. But the hierarchy look at the league table and go, "Oh, we're two points off the top. Great. We're not going to go anywhere near sacking We failed to be another top ten, top eight, whatever you want to call it, side." And then we go and play the worst team in the league currently. And OK, we won the game. But was there any improvement in terms of the play? Apart from that first 10 minutes where there was excitement, was there any improvement over? I wouldn't say so. And we would probably be sitting here right now vilifying them for a draw against the bottom team if it hadn't been for that late goal. So... <laughs> There's no change in it, and um, I think Mike Bacon put out um, uh, a feature today in the paper saying, "But promotion will do, only promotion will do to keep people happy." But will only promotion do? Because Lambert got people back on seats after the McCarthy regime, and we got 12,000 season ticket holders. Now, we've lost a few since, since last season. But are we realistically going to have a load of season tickets going into next season, even if we get promoted, with Lambert playing the way that we're playing? And this is the thing. I think it's a long-term issue that Evans isn't seeing here. He's looking at, at this at uh, a short term and going, well, we're still in it. I can see these green shoots which no one else can and we're going to keep persevering but in the long term people are getting turned off by the football and whether my mate will stop going or not I don't know that, that it might be that he's just frustrated and he will definitely be back next year but that the club are losing supporters. And I think Carl Fuller made a good point um, in one of his features recently, saying, well, where are the next generation of supporters going to come from if kids are getting turned off by watching this absolute drop? And, and that's the thing. It, it, it's not just about the here and now. It's about the future. And the fact that Lambert is still here and com- completely thinks that this is good when everyone else can see it's not, we've got potential protests happening. But if Lambert stays any longer, it's going to do massive damage to the club in the long term because people are going to get turned off and won't come back again. And, and, then, and then Ipswich, people already talking about Ipswich being an irrelevant club, but they're, 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 they're not going to hit anywhere near the heights of their past and that they're, they're, they'll become potentially maybe a yo-yo between League One and the Championship, and that Premiership now is just a pipe dream. And that's going to get even more realistic if the fans turn their back on the club. And my worry is, if they keep persevering with Lambert, with this absolute horrid football, that fans are just going to disappear in their droves Regardless of whether we win or lose, fans fans are just going to find something else to do, better to do on their Saturdays and uh, spend their money. Because, frankly, it's like watching paint dry.
0: Well, there we go. Speech, big speech here from Liam from Crewe. Um, well, well you put there, my friend. I did that deliberately. But um, I want to go over to Harvey. Get his thoughts, and uh, I think I love this phrase. I do love the phrase "papering over the cracks." I, I don't know why I like it, but it is just uh, a good phrase. But uh, that is basically what this win was. Um, yeah, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I start with the positives. Is it's great to see fans back. Um, I'm incredibly jealous um of Thomas and David for, for going to the game um and anyone else as as you know I'm in North Wales so it'll probably be about ten years before I before I go to a game and Alan Judge will still be playing so uh um, yeah positive there. Um regarding the game I mean I was lucky enough to be given a, a code before the before the game on Twitter so I was able to watch the game um on iFollow uh and we did start really well really really well first ten minutes we we looked like a different team, to be honest with you. We, we looked really, really up for it. I don't know whether it was something to do with the crowd, um, you know, getting a bit more out of the players, but we looked really up for it. We looked like we wanted to press. Bennett's, his end product, looked a lot better than it had been. Um, and then it just, we just deflated from there, just, just minute by minute. Um, you know, at, at that point, against a team that's bottom of the league, we've got to go and score that killer second goal in in the next 10, 20 minutes or so. Because if we score that second goal in that period of time, Burton are, are, you know, they're they're bottom of the league for a reason. So they're going to know that it's going to be a tough game from there. And We just didn't kick on. Um, It was disappointing to see Burns go off at half-time. I thought Dobry did okay when he came on. Um, I think he's a really, really talented player. I think he's going to be very good for us. He does run into traffic a lot um but that's to be expected when you know you're not getting regular game time he needs game time to improve so the more game time he's given um the better it was great to see emir hughes in the score sheet um but he still frustrates me and that's only because i love him so much as a player he looks again like he's just frightened to make a forward pass i'm i'm Crying out for him to to be a bit more positive when he's got the ball, he just seems to pass it in between Dazelle, he seems to pass it back to the center halves. I can't really recall him making any kind of impressive forward passes or any momentum going forward, and that's exactly why we bought him. He's, he's that box to box midfielder that we've needed for so long, but I don't know whether it's something to do with his injuries. I know he's not had a proper run of games really because of the injuries, but he needs to do a lot more to win a contract. And I hope he does because he's such a talented player, but he he needs to do a lot more, but I'm glad he scored. I'm glad he scored the winner and hopefully this will kick him on now. Um, One thing that's really annoying me and maybe, maybe I need a life for it. Who knows? But (laughs) Lambert comes out after the game and says, it's incredible. We are joined second. No, we're not joined second. We're fifth. Right. I don't, I don't get this thing about we're joint second. We're not. We're fifth. Yes, we've got the same amount of points, but other teams have scored more goals than us. We are fifth. We're not joint second. So, he's just massively clutching at straws. I can't see his winning against Peterborough at the weekend. I think we're going to get absolutely battered, to be fair, but more more on that later. Um, 4-4-2. Again, when we eventually went 4-4-2, it looked positive. I felt really sorry for Jackson. I've, I've been crying out to see him in, in a wide role because I think he can play that. But is his natural instinct every time is is to he's drawn centrally and when he was, you know, it proved that that he can he can form a good partnership with Hawkins. Um, so there was there were some positive from the from the game. I thought, as I said, Dobro the first ten fifteen minutes. But again, it just comes back to I've gone on about it so much. But a team with with a, a strong mentality and a, and a and a ruthlessness in the team would would have seen that game out, would have killed the, that game in the first 20 minutes, but we just don't, we're so, so easy to play against um, our full backs again terrorised every single game um, I'd potentially put Kenlock in for Ward, I really would at the moment, I know you're not going to like that Ross but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really would because I think Ward's struggling I really do, and I forgot who mentioned it before, the fact that I think it was David that Having two 35-year-olds as full-backs, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take its toll, and it, and it really is now. So, for me, I, I would put Dynastien right back, Ken left back and see how they get on, because at the moment, it's so, so easy. The, the, the game plan of every opposition team is just attack the full-backs. And as we've seen in the last few games, when, they, when teams do attack our full-backs, we get punished. And it's, it's so painfully predictable, it's unbelievable.
0: Well, put, uh, Harvey and we've got another speech coming from Liam, so take it away, <laughs>
2: it's Jacob. But I, what, what... no, it's, it's only a quick point.
5: Um, okay. Harvey mentioned about Hughes um, not passing the ball forward enough. I would say exactly the same about Judge. And I think Mick Mills made a comment actually during the iFollow coverage. But um, I think there was a time in the second half where Judge picked it up in the middle of the pitch, right in the, the the um, centre circle area and um, under no pressure whatsoever. And the first thing he looked to do was first touch, knock it back to the defender, rather than turn and see what's ahead of it. And Mick Mills said something along those lines of, judge doesn't seem to have that confidence to turn and, and try and pick out a forward pass. And I think that's the same with all the players. They just seem to play the easy pass all the time and never look to try and play a bit more of a, a, a positive forward-thinking pass that's going to put teams under pressure. It's, it's just... And, and for the formation, I've said this before, if Lambert wants to keep the 4-3-3 and he thinks that it's going to be the way forward, and it was working um, at the beginning of the season just when your boy was banging them in and we had Sears on the other side and, and Lancaster, Lancaster swapping and around and so on. But we've got injuries, and he keeps going on about these injuries, and that we need a lot of help. We need them back. But if the team that are currently playing are not good enough to play the 4-3-3 then surely, regardless of the philosophy and whatever he wants to do going forward, surely in the short term, he plays a system that works for the players that are fit currently that will make us look like a better team.
0: Okay. James, did you have your hand up or were you
1: just... No, I was just putting my, uh, my hand on my face, but I will just add to that point and I, <laughs> I completely agree with Liam. Like if, if we're not set up for that passing football and going back to the point I was saying before, just make it a little bit more direct. And I mean, we just need to create more chances. And I I feel like being a bit more direct, we can do that.
0: Well, um, at least David and Thomas, you got goals. Um, At least you didn't, you know, watch the Saturday game against Portsmouth. So you were able to cheer somewhat for the goals. Uh, What was your reaction? Of course, you're going to celebrate a goal, but it's a bit weird, when it's just 2000 of you. So David, for yourself, like how was it to celebrate? Like Hughes' goal, you know, 'Cause unfortunately it was the, you know, Northstand bit, so you know, they they didn't celebrate with
4: you guys, but uh, and your of um, course your thoughts on the game. Celebration wise, it's strange. It's a, um I wasn't sure to start with whether the, the Hughes had gone in or not because it was such a sort of a um backwards and forwards goal mouth scramble. And, I, and, and to be fair, I've missed that type of goal for a while. We, we, it's like bullet headers. We haven't had a bullet header for a long time. Where, where have they gone? Um, you know, those are ones where you sort of fly through the air to get to get to the header. People don't do them. But the first one, I didn't leap leap around madly like I would normally do. Um, and it's a bit like against Plymouth as well, and. It seems odd. I celebrated, but it was low-key. And I think that's because I don't believe that it's anything other than beating a bottom side. And the next game round, you play against anybody who's average. And I'm not going to talk about top sides in this division because there aren't any. Right? They're shit. There is nobody in this division who is good. Hull are organised and hard-working and they're top of the table, but they're shit um Peterborough haven't seen this season they've lost most of their best players from last season their form is in the bottom half of the form table at the moment and they weren't brilliant last season when they turned us over 4-1 you know Charlton didn't have any defenders you know there isn't anybody who's good in this division there are some average sides and they are the ones who are rising to the top and we're not beating average sides that that's so they're not good. So. It's difficult to get really excited and believe that that goal, whether it's a huge scramble at the end or whether it's some sort of world-beating thing in the third minute, it's hard to believe this is the start of something where you're going to go on a run. If we did go on a little run and after three or four games you started to see the confidence come back in, then maybe I'd start to believe. But I, I'm sort of suffering from playeritis I don't think the players have got any confidence. I don't think the players believe. I talked a couple of weeks ago about lack of sort of bottle and fighting spirit. Um, And that sort of, right, yeah, we're 2-0 down, but there's 20 minutes to go. That means we can score. We're 3-0 down at half time, but they've scored 3.5, so we can. You know, you've seen the under-23s do it recently. Um, You've seen other sides turn things around, and we... I mean, I go back years. I think it was against Swindon. We turned around a much bigger deficit in the last 10 minutes, I think it was. Way back, that was John Lyle's day, I think. And, see, it, you can do it, if, but you've got to keep that sort of mentality there. And I haven't got as a supporter that mentality at the moment, and I don't think the players have. And you saw that, and um, a couple of people have said it already tonight. That first nine minutes was excellent. We were playing on the front foot, we were closing down the, you know, and yes, it was slightly more direct, but direct isn't a bad thing. McCarthy's thing wasn't, my problem with McCarthy wasn't direct football. It's never been direct football. John Beck style, hump it forward straight from the back to the the front to the big man. Yeah, I've got a problem with that. That's tedious. But direct football is getting the ball forward quickly. And effectively, you can play it sort of a long ball from a full back to a winger on the opposite side. You can do those things. Direct football isn't crap football. McCarthy's problem is the fact that it was dour defensive. We're not going to lose this game. Everyone behind the balls and hopefully against Burton or Hull, we can scrape a point at home. You know, that's when I lost my, the plot with um, McCarthy was that Burton game. Oh, we've come a full circle. but i i quite like a bit of direct fall get the ball forward quickly you know so it doesn't matter whether it's in the channel sort of playing on the ground like that um toto pass right way back at the start of the season on the ground or whether you're sort of scooping it from one side to the other but get the ball forward quickly put them under pressure and we're not doing that that's our problem and we did it in the first nine minutes the first nine minutes i I was remarkably surprised. You know, we we carried a genuine threat. We didn't let them settle. We gave didn't give them any respect and space, and then we sort of gradually went back into our shells. And it should have been a draw. We didn't deserve to do it. And if Ennis hadn't have done that complete balls up right at the end, now, how he missed that from six yards out, I do not know. Then we would have it would have been two two, and I think that, that would have been a justified score because. They worked really hard. They got behind our fullbacks repeatedly, which is a problem because that's at least three goals we've conceded that way now. Um, and numerous other chances have gone to teams in exactly the same way get behind the fullbacks, low cross, and, they, they, and then there's chaos. And under McCarthy, we had the problem where we conceded week in, week out to crosses. You know, they'd get around the back of Nudson, cross in, oh, goal. And it it wasn't cut out. And that's what I'm fearing at the moment is that teams have looked at us and gone. We've got two full two aging fullbacks pushing high up. Get behind them. That's that's their threat. And we're not going to rectify that. And that that's sort of my problem with Lambert is the fact that he's not reactive and looks at it and goes, right, well, I've either got to put different players in because this isn't working or I've got to change the system around because it doesn't work with these players. You know, all you need to do is tweak it. You just pull the defensive line back or you, you do something slightly different, preferably two up front, you know, but that's, I'm, that's my, my preference, not his. On the game itself, positives, green shoots. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I, I don't want to be entirely negative the whole time. We did win and there were things that I was pleased about. I was pleased about the first nine minutes and it showed we can do it. And that's what I find frustrating. It's like the, you know, we talked before about the last time Hughes scored in the league. And I was so pissed off and so delighted after that Newcastle win all those years ago, because we played like shit most of that season. And we were expecting to get turned over against Newcastle as they walked to the title. And we put that on and you go, where does that come from? How can you play like that one day? And the rest of the season, you just go, Phew. And that's sort of the same in, in microcosm. You get, you get that little flash where you've got something which really good and then you go back and you don't do it again. That annoys me because you've got the potential there. I thought it was really positive that Hughes, I thought, was a positive. I know other people have seen it differently. I thought Hughes was positive because he was combative. When he came back against Colchester last season in this um, silly cup, he ran that game and he um, led those youngsters and he was really impressive. And I haven't seen that since. In all the league games I've seen him play this season, he's been anonymous. He's drifted wide in midfield. He's given a huge gap between him and the other midfielders so he doesn't have to get involved. And he almost looks like he's scared, he's wary of being anywhere where the ball is. He was combative, he tackled, he put himself about. And he, yeah, I mean, Passing-wise, he may have gone sideways, but that's everybody. But he was a lot more competitive and he got involved and he made a nuisance of himself. And I was pleased with that. I was pleased with seeing that physicality. I was also pleased. Um, and I hope you're all sitting down here with Judge. Um, I don't think it was a world beating performance, but I think he looks so much better. I mean, it's the same against Plymouth. He looks so much better when he's playing in the centre of midfield. Yeah, he, he um, you know, he gets involved. He he ceases to do his headless chicken thing, because he, I mean, essentially he's a six-year-old, and therefore he wants to be wherever the ball is. So if you put him in the central midfield, he's got the ability to be on the ball more often. Therefore, he doesn't disappear going chasing it. So he's got more tactical discipline in that, and I think that his range of passing is useful there. So those those are two positives there. Um, Cornell still sort of growing in there um i think his shot stopping is really good i think i'm more confident with his shot stopping than i am with holy's to be honest um although i like holy and um, so I, I, I mean generally speaking there are different set of green shoots on this occasion it would be nice if we could take the green shoots from last week put them with the green shoots of this week get rid of two or three of the silly mistakes which keep happening and then you've got progression i it concerns me that we say the same things week in week out that's what bothers me if i can watch a game in person or on television and i can watch a replay of something and i can pinpoint what's wrong why are we doing the same thing the next week and then the same thing the week after that and then the same thing the week after that surely the players and the uh, management look at the same things and they've got stats and they've got opta and they've got all of these things about where people run they've got um, pass maps and they've got heat maps and they've got all of these things. Far more technical data than I've got. And yet they repeat the same thing. And that gets right up my nose. I don't mind losing if we lose to a better side or if we lose because somebody just played, you know, that, th- that thing or somebody, even somebody makes an error. That's, that's fine. It's when you make the same mistakes over and over and over again. That's what gets on my nerves. But there were some good things in there. As well as the crap. Yes. <laughs> That's what you expect um, as an Issues Town fan. You know, some positives, but mainly crap. But, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying very much to be, to find that positivity because I want to enjoy going down there and it's difficult to motivate yourself when you can't go down there because I don't like watching on television. Um, you don't have the atmosphere, you don't have the pub and things. And it's very easy to get into that sort of cycle of, oh, yeah, we're shit and things. There is an element of truth in the fact that we're, you know, we are fifth in the league, and I agree entirely. We're not, we're not joint second. If the league season finished now, we 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 wouldn't suddenly be in second and going up automatically. We're in fifth, um, so fuck off on that one. But <laughs> it, at the end of it, because the rest of the league is so bollocks, and they keep losing to each other, and random teams get four-two wins against somebody who's higher up in the table, we are still fifth. And if we can sort out the stupid things, and, it, and I don't think it's players uh, coming being injured. KV played what seven games fit, nine in total. Um, Sears, Sears was supposed to be this sort of new player coming back, new signing. He did last season. It didn't work out that way. You, we've got the biggest squad in the league. We've got the experience. They should be doing better. Just get rid of the stupid bloody mistakes. And you'd stand a fighting chance because this 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 division is shit.
0: Indeed. And uh, before I go over to you, Thomas, to round up, Burton James
1: has got his hand up. Over to you. Yeah, I just wanted to disagree with David on uh, on this last point that um, about the players. So, although I do think the players that are in the team should be able to do the job and should be good enough, I, I think they've proved over the last you know five or six weeks that they're not. And our early season form was down to Downs coming off the bench, Edwards down the wing. And so they're the kind of players that we are really missing. So if we do get those, if we do get those two back, I, I really think that our form would change almost automatically because I think they're a bit more suited to the, to the system that we're playing than say a bit more inexperienced of a, of a Bennett or a Dobra or, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a fair point about Hughes. I do think he's been fairly anonymous up until Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, Down, Downs would do a, a, a role in there
4: much more effectively. David, take it away. I, I forgot what I was going to say. It just oh. drifted, it drifted out. It's obviously sort of it it relevant to what James said. And I was, I was going to add to agree and then add to it. And then it just sort of drifted away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, it happens to be all the time. So shocker shocker i know yeah.
4: um, uh, <laughs> it I was Har- really insightful and it would have just <laughs> made everybody just go wow unbelievable <laughs> uh added to that
0: conversation uh but um i had i saw harvey's hand up so uh, i will get to you Thomas do not worry do not worry um harvey what what you got to add
2: yeah i just wanted to make a quick point about David mentioned in his in his very first point and that he's spot on the way the way that we're we're playing this whole kind of Feeling that four four two is this direct kind of lump it up to the big striker formation. It's just it's just not true, and I know McMill's mentioned it as well, and I follow that you can play four four two and play really good football in that system. You look at Southampton that are doing it at the moment in the Premier League. They're fourth or fifth, I think, in the league at the moment. They've really nailed that four four two formation without lumping it. I think they've got Danny Ings up front. He's not exactly a giant, so they're playing that system well. A few years ago, Leicester won the league playing four four two. Not that I'm comparing us with Leicester. I think Cante is a little bit better than Downs, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> um, I just, I just think that there's a way of playing four four two that you don't just have to lump it up to Hawkins. And I think you can still press in a four four two as well. Granted, you, you can be outnumbered in midfield if they've got an extra man if we're playing against a four three three or a four two three one. But I think there's there's ways to play that that four four two, but I think Lambert seems to think that as soon as you go to that system, it means that we automatically have to launch balls up to um Hawkins and hope that he does something with it. But it's just it's just not the case. You can you can play that you can play that system, you can play that formation and still play exciting football for me. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but I, I just think there's there's different okay. ways of playing it. Totally agree.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, wow, Thomas, let's finish the Burton chat. Um, how how was it for you when we, we scored the two goals? You know, how, you know, I'm sure you would celebrate like you normally would do for a goal, but it's a bit different with the current times. But um, of course, you know, Katie wasn't with you and stuff like that. So you're celebrating with people around you, but people you don't really know. So what was that like? I
3: don't know like people, so I just celebrated
2: myself.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, obviously, all town fans, but yeah, you... yeah. It's just celebrating, you just jump up, clap, and do what I I agree with what David was saying as well, how, you know, you kinda it's not quite the same at the moment. I think it's just how we play and everything at the moment. Um it's yawn to win, obviously, but it's feels a bit different at the moment, I guess, um putting it in the way. But um, just go back to Harvey and David's point just before before I talk about Burton sort of point there. Does does anyone actually think that the reason we're playing like we are at the moment and sticking to this passing, 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 passing? Because Evans has told Lambert that us as fans got so sick of the way Mick plays, he wants us to keep like like we are now. If that makes sense. I
2: think yeah, but I think uh, the way the way the way Mick played was was a, a negative way of, of playing. Like I said, I think <laughs> in a four four two, you can be positive in that four four two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It can't be. Yeah, it can, I, I know what you mean it can not be easy to as as Evans is probably thinking it can be easy to go back to that and, and and go back to that kind of launching it up but I think the kind of modern way of playing now, it's so easy to to play that system but play it really well and really exciting without without it being boring and arguably i I prefer to be to be direct than just pass it in between centre halves that we're doing at the moment. Yeah. That gets
3: boring as
1: well. I think mm. between uh, between the media between the fans, between Evans, the message has got through that we want a style of football. And yeah. I don't think last season we had a style of football at all. So Lambert's like, OK, my preferred style is 4-4-3 and we're going to pass the ball. And through hell or high water, he's going to stick to it.
4: I think that what you say there, James, is right. There's this idea that it's like the, the West Ham way in things, isn't it? Which is that certain supporters simply want... To see pretty football, at all costs, and I don't think that's the case. What people want to see is entertaining football. That's where McCarthy went wrong. That's what went what we lost. If you go back, and it all went tits up when um, McGoldrick got injured in the replay from Southampton, we limped over the line. I know it, it wasn't the season after the playoffs. It was the playoff season when McGoldrick got injured. That's when it went wrong, because up to that point, he'd played two up front and you had Murphy, you had McGoldrick or you had Sears in there. But you basically had the two and you got the sort of intelligent um, playmaker running off um, Murphy and then Murphy was on fire. Once McGoldrick got injured in that um, replay, Murphy's goals dried up and we limped just over the line on the last day of the season Um and it went downhill from there, and most of the time afterwards, McCarthy was playing one up front you know and you had Murphy who couldn't score a goal for a little while after that because he was up front and down, and the ball would reach him, and he'd got no one to play off he got no 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 support, and then that's when Sears started going wide instead of going through the middle, and his goals dried up, and it's what went with, what thirty five games without scoring or something like that and the it, the, the idea that you you simply have to pass the ball and suddenly all the supporters are going to be happy. That's nonsense. It is about the excitement of getting you out of your seat. That's what you want. And mm-hmm. two up front has the better chance of doing that, in my opinion. So we played a... really good football during the 80s, which was two up front, four four two. Liverpool played four four two in the 80s. Not boring. You know, I,
3: I, I'm a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to Mick, because I'll back him up when I feel like I need to, and I'll have a go at him when I feel like I need to. But people forget that before... Like David said, before that Southampton game, we actually played pretty good football under Mick. Yeah. Well. We did. I mean, it was a, it was a, go- um, oh, whose goal was it? I can't remember. Oh, it was against Charlton, I think. That um, no, wasn't. The header against Middlesbrough with JTab. The amount mm. of football that we played, bef- that good football we played before that header, you kind of forget that because if, it's kind of been overshadowed by his last few seasons. And like, we did. We played good, some good football under McCarthy. It's just been forgotten about because of the way we were. He brought in all the loanies and we perhaps started playing one up front, and it just changed the whole dynamic of the way he wanted to play. And I think mean, that gets forgetting about sometimes.
4: Um, I'd agree with you.
3: Obviously, yeah, he did, he did overstay overstay his welcome, and you know, that's, people want to believe that's fair enough, and he did. He should have been gone after that Lincoln game, arguably, but you know, he even but even that first half of the twenty fifteen sixteen season we were playing some good football there as well. Um can't remember when it changed. It's, I think it was kind of Christmas time. It was <laughs> funny enough, it's when Katie and I started sort of courting, let's say. Um that's it's our fault why we we are where we are now. <laughs> it's all gone down since me and her have been together. So but um but yeah, it's 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 just it does feel like um in a way Lambert's has been stubborn and Evans as well because of the way we were we were well not, not like us as fans, not as a us five or six of us but because of the way we were at the end of the season um end of mixed rain
4: um it, it's misunderstanding the the point we're making mm-hmm.
5: isn't it yeah Definitely. yeah as, as, as a fan i want to see chances and goals simple i
4: yeah. want to yeah, see of course, plenty yeah. of
5: chances created and scored goals an effort that, that's an effort yeah
0: Ghosts of Christmas past in this <laughs>
5: podcast,
0: basically today. Mick has come in. Uh, but see you later, Mick. We're talking about yeah, Burn. Oh, I can bring John Duncan to if you want. Uh, nah, nah. John Duncan can stay in the, in the 80s um, and early 90s. But, uh... but then
3: it goes back to Liam's point about the season tickets earlier, though. Um, mm-hmm. just... Definitely. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to get off this, but leave it with the season tickets. We're back in that position now where the manager and the way we're playing and that is turning fans away. So we've gone, once again, full circle. We keep saying that today, but it's, it's gone full circle again. We're now at the position where we were when Mick left anyway. So what good was getting rid of Mick, in a way? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, and it was it was kind of be careful what you wish for, but it has you been... Long long.
4: <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah. Have, we haven't
3: achieved anything since he's gone.
4: And, well, um, well, achieved renegation. That's what well, we yeah, achieved.
3: Yeah. And we've perhaps... Let
4: yeah, 56% passing. Yeah. And <laughs> only
3: like 30 30% win rate, isn't it, for Lambert?
4: Yeah, not,
0: not great. Yeah,
3: <laughs> unbelievable. But yeah, getting back to Burton. Um, <laughs> first things first, I will give a positive for Burton, actually. I really like their number 10, Lucas Atkins. Oh, he's
4: a quality player.
2: Very
4: he's good. was good as well.
3: Ennis, yeah. He was on loan from Wolves, isn't he? Mm. But um, yeah, but um, <laughs> uh, Atkins, I really liked. He's the kind of. Going back to Mick again, he's the kind of striker we haven't had since Murphy left. Um, yeah. We haven't replaced Murphy since then, and he's the kind of striker who could potentially fill that void. Um, he held the play up well. I noticed when there was a long ball, he, he won every header. A bit like Hacker for Wickham, uh, Wickham last season against us, but he's just, he was phenomenal up front. Admittedly, yes. I, David said it was Ennis earlier, but I thought it was Atkins. Um, he arguably should have put that away. Um, 89 minutes. Why? How he didn't? I don't know. Um, I bet he was feeling feeling a bit shit the next morning. Um, <laughs> I know I would be.
2: He's not actually just just quickly. He's not actually a striker, is he, Atkins? He's he's traditionally a right winger. It yeah, it's wing Yeah, yeah. They they he played, played a right back. Well, didn't they? He played a right back last season, and now he's found himself at front. But yeah, I completely agree. His hold-up play was, I thought, was outstanding all game.
4: I really did. Yeah. And he worked yeah. so hard. Yeah, I really, really did. I also didn't
3: realise that Luke Varney was back there as well apparently um, I found that out just before the game yeah obviously I think he's coaching it. I think he's got a squad number though and everything so yeah, yeah he's guess. signed as a,
0: a player but yeah I think he's yeah, he's like 38 now so
3: yeah. obviously um, he feels more
4: than easy coming as fullback for us
3: <laughs> yeah true <laughs> yeah but um, back to Burton <laughs> back to the Burton game um Yeah, like like, like what's said, first 12, 10, 12 minutes, um, much better. And then all of a sudden we went back into the the way we love to play and it kind of, their goal, like I said on game day, their goal came from us passing around the back. My goodness, lumped it forward. They headed it forward, countered, attacked our right-hand side, crossed it in and 1-1. Yeah, it just shows that this way that we want to play doesn't always work and it isn't working. Um so it's one of those things, I guess. Um and Judge I thought really did play really well. Um or better, let's say. He's definitely more of a centre mid player. But like I said on Game Days well, again, um, it's just chances where he took he took a shot, which we'd we like to see. But he could have just passed in, passed it to Jackson or Hawkins and we might have scored. Um I just felt like he was too selfish at times, on and especially in the second half on Tuesday. There's just there was other chance, other routes he could have taken to perhaps change the game, and he chose to shoot. And most of the time they're pretty rubber shots anyway, so um, it was yeah, you know, didn't really work. But, but yeah, um, that's gonna be like a win. It's um, it was three points. We know we're we're now joint second, I mean, it was all incredible. So. so we're not. <laughs> but, <laughs> one last thing as well that I want to clear up because I tweeted about it and said I'm going to as well, but um, I mentioned how Lambert had a right go at in during the first half um, which yeah I get, You're know, it happens in football, um, but for me what really created me was two things, one was the manner the tone, especially after a mistake that didn't really deserve a lot of swearing at um, it was just a case of ball was coming towards him, no pressure, he just clipped, he went to clear it, clipped it, and it went to Cornell anyway, so it, nothing would have come of it, it was just a stupid, silly mistake, but it, no pressure would have come of it at all, um, but then secondly, one uh, was in the second half, McGuinness, who headed it back to Cornell, completely over, overheaded it, Cornell had to stretch for it, you know, could easily led to a mistake, but there was nothing from the touchline, nothing. No, There was no swearing, nothing. No shouting. Just let him get on with it. So we, we were speaking about a few months ago how Lambert's been singling out the players, especially youngsters in the media and how he's saying, oh, you know, he's young, he's making too many mistakes and that. But since he had a go at Stu and Brenner, he hasn't been doing that in the media anymore. You can still sense that it's happening on the pitch and in the dressing room. He's still having a go at these players and um, having a go at them and like for me, if that's happening where I work, I don't want to. I don't want play for him. I don't want to work for him. It, it's, you can kind of understand why they're lower confidence at the moment because you know if you do something wrong and you're not one of his favourites, you're going to get shouted at. So um, yeah, just to clear up that what I said was I, I, I get that it happens in football, but it's the way he did it, the way he shouted at it, the manner of it, it just was it's just bad man management in my eyes. And I know. Pretty sure David would agree with that because he's been he's a big advocate for man management and that so <laughs> just pretty all he had to say was that I understand or as we shouldn't be doing it like that just don't let it happen again there's no need to swear at him like five or six times or however many times it was it was it was just unnecessary in my opinion
0: you must have been like proper you know earshot of it all then to like hear that because I, I didn't hear him say that yeah, I just, yeah. it
3: was like where I was sitting, I uh, Lambert was to the right of me and like probably forty five degrees down. And so you could you could hear when he was shouting, could hear what Taylor was shouting, could hear well Gil was quiet anyway, you could hear one or two others. Um but yeah, as, as soon as he shouted that, the whole stand went quiet and you could just you could just sense a kind of mood um, a drop of mood, let's say. You could just kind of in shock. He really just said that kind of thing. Yeah. Um it was quite surreal really. Obviously with more fans, you wouldn't hear that. And it, it does kind of open up with COVID, just the sense of how different, like what you can hear more and how you can pick these things up, I guess.
0: Yeah, the players say lots of naughty words, definitely at the lino, um, as we normally do. Shocking, yeah, shocking. Um, I, um, I saw Harvey's hand up. Do you want to just add... Finally, on Burton, or is it Sutton? What? Yeah,
2: just Obviously. it was just quickly. I, I completely agree with Thomas. I think Lambert and man, man management just don't go well together. I think that's been his his problem his whole management career, to be honest. Um But I'm not defending Lambert at all. But what I will say about Wolford is he is extremely, extremely laid back at times, as as he's admitted himself. So I think a player like Wolforden needs a different style of man management. So I'm not taught, not necessarily you know, swearing at him and, and having a massive go at him and stuff like that. But I think there are times where he needs to be told because he has made mistakes this season. I probably got off a little bit lightly because he's a homegrown player and he is one of our best defenders still. I'm not disputing that. But I think different players need different styles of man management. And Wolfenden is is the kind of player that I don't think he's one of these players that you put your arm around and say that, you know, don't worry, you know, it'll be all right next week kind of thing, just just do your best. I think he is one of these players that needs to be told at times because, as I said, he's, he's so confident and so laid back, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I think it's up to, up to Lambert to find that kind of balance between, you know, not screaming and shouting at him 24-7, but at the same time. You know, making sure that he's aware that at, at times, you know, it, it it might not be good enough, or or a, or a loose pass, or anything like that. It it needs to be better. Um, so as I say, I'm not I'm not certainly not advocating Lambert going mental at him like like Thomas said he, he has, but I certainly think he needs. Wolford is the kind of player that needs to be um, that needs to be told. You know, when when something isn't right in in a in a more um, Assertive way than, than you know maybe someone else I don't know what everyone else thinks. I see what you're saying. I just feel like if
3: that had been Chambers or someone else, it, it wouldn't have been. They swear back at him. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> probably. probably some of it. But I always use it as an example. But if um if uh back going back to the Sunderland game last season where Chambers just completely messed it all up and they conceded right out of the death, I don't think uh, if that had been Wolford, and he'd have been shadowed out just like he was on. On Tuesday
2: night. Yeah, I agree. Although, obviously, the, the thing with that is Chambers and Wolford are a completely different character no, sample, Yeah, I get
3: that. I get that. I was just using an example. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I no, don't. Yeah, Lambert would never do that to, to Chambers. You think Chambers owns oh, the gosh. club? <laughs> uh, yeah, Judge as <laughs> well.
3: Maybe okay, he's in there because he's an Arsenal player. He doesn't upset Arsenal.
2: Yeah,
0: true. Oh, <laughs> man, um, yeah. All right, then. Let's get in to Peterborough this Saturday. Another. Promotion rival rival? Yeah, still rivals. Promotion rivals, I don't think, until we beat <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, our record against P- P- borough of course isn't great. Um, you know, last year we we just about got a draw against them um earlier in the last season and then we lost four was it four one? It was four one, weren't yeah. it? Um I just got. I don't know why I got this game back up, but I, I was scarred for a couple of weeks after this game. That seven-one defeat at London Road in 2011. That was a horrible, horrible afternoon. Yeah, we go one-nil up as well in that game. Yeah, we what? did one 0 up, and of course we had two players sent off. But
3: Lee Martin, didn't we?
0: Lee Martin, and Tommy Smith got sent off. Um, but Jesus, that was not that was not good. Um, but yeah, Peterborough. There, um, you know, someone's already said it, but there are an interesting side there. They've I, I doubt that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with them, they've been able to, they have got, you know, they got rid of, they sold Ivan Tony, and they then signed Johnson-Clark-Harris. So they're, they're a, a team who can replace their top goal scorer with a now-a-great goal scorer. It's not like Daryl Murphy, Leon Best, um, which was not a good replacement. But um, fourth in the league currently, um, same points as us. But, they can score goals. We can't. Uh, so, hopefully it won't be a 7-1 thrashing. Uh, but how are we all feeling? they goals
4: at the moment, though, are they?
0: No, true. The last um, few games, let's get their results up quickly. Uh, uh, they, so beat they beat Rochdale, Rochdale Two Two wins yeah. in seven, they've got. Two wins in seven. So, yeah, someone's already said they're, they're bottom or near the bottom of the form table, just like us. But, uh, yeah, they drew with MK Dons. They, they beat, beat
4: Rochdale 4-1, but apart from that, they're they've... Form is terrible, yeah. and they're not scoring. Yeah, yeah. Beat beat Plymouth
0: 1-0. Uh, Lost against Portsmouth 2-0. Lost against Blackpool at home 2-1. Lost against your boys' crew, Liam. 2-0 at Gresty Road. Um, they, mm-hmm. they beat Shrewsbury 5-1, but that was in October on Halloween. Um, <laughs> but, um, Thomas, have you got any fans' notes from Peterborough in terms
3: of how I they're feeling you. going into I this? I've only got from one fan, but That's right. it kind of gives the overall opinion um the other thing that we've got to mention first though is that um people are in tier three on saturday so you yeah, know fans yeah they were able to have fans so that could
4: oh dear because i love their fans so much <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: just, yeah. I i don't know if it'd make much difference mm. but kind of you know kind of perhaps gives us an advantage um even though we can't beat the top sides but um <laughs> yeah i gonna say that but uh, yeah i asked about um his name was Ryan, who I spoke to. I um, asked about their manager to, to begin with. Obviously, it's Fergie Jr. So um... Harvey's oh, got his hand up. Are gonna... you
2: Oh No, no. I'll... Yeah, okay.
3: Sorry. You, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to say, um, with, with Fergie Jr., I asked about him. And then also, um, the, who I spoke to, he said he started supporting Peterborough in 2010, when Fergie Jr. was first in charge. And he led them to the playoff promotion with over 100 goals that season. Um, I don't know if it was a hundred points. Does anyone know? <laughs> so
0: keep speaking. I'll, I'll find it.
3: Yeah. So obviously yeah. that, that kind of helps give him a soft spot for the manager. So um, he's had a great connection with the past players, owners and the fan base and seems to be a great fit. And the feeling amongst the fan base is that league one football is a ceiling though, as he's failed to take Peterborough above for um, further than league one promotion since, um, Posh fans believe, without the cruel ending of last season, they really would have got promotion. So they, they hope they can get it done this year, even though they've bottled it so many times. I can't see it happening. Um, believe to have the squad and the owners that have backed them heavily, so there should be no excuses why he can't get them into uh, the promotion season. Uh, if not, though, they'd uh, they'd love to see the Crawley the Crawley brothers at um, Cowley brothers side, the Crawley Cowley brothers at Posh, where they'd probably in, implement the best style of football to suit their team. And obviously, we've already mentioned where they are at the moment, but they're fourth, two points off first. Some people should be pretty happy that they've managed to return to promotion contention once again. Um, however, watching games this season, they've lacked consistency in the style of football in which played. Um, De Belli has been absolutely brilliant at times, and has won, according to Ryan, won many games to himself, and he's always, always a danger against defenders. However, our quick passing, their quick passing and movements tend to slow down when he's heavily involved. Um, Clark Harris is doing his job, which is hold the ball up and be in the right place at the right time and get on the score sheet. Although Ryan claims to to really struggle to see the talent he has. <laughs> uh, Tony levels above him, but he's, just, he's scoring, so they can't really dispute, dispute him at the moment. Uh, their goalkeeper, Christy Pim, saved them multiple times with unreal stops and just commanding his box, same as last season. He reckons he's the best goalie in the league. Uh, Taylor and Brown, their centre mid pairing has been massive for them. Having them two in front of the back three, being able to play it out is key to Posh playing their best football. And then, when, and then they've been able to get the ball out wide, the wing-back, whether that's Ward, but a lot, even recently young stars, Carney and Burrows, who have been allegedly absolutely class lately. Um, it's likely that they'll play 3-5-2, and Ryan reckons that Shemodics is probably their best player ability-wise by mile. and Ryan believes he is too good for League One. Um, goals have been so unfortunate for him this season, and luck hasn't been on the side, but his form will come very soon. Then they'll be up and running, so probably against us.
0: Yeah, standard, <laughs> standard teams, you yeah. know, bad form and players not scoring, they normally then jump on us. But yeah. uh, yeah, it wasn't 100 points, uh, they finished fourth that season but won in the playoff final against Huddersfield. They, they, they get? scored uh, 79 points, but they did score 100 plus goals, yeah. Which,
3: yeah.
0: which is just mad. I think you finished fourth and you scored 100 goals and you had to win in the playoff final, but. Anywho, uh, yeah, yeah. What's, your, what's your prediction then for this, Thomas?
3: Well, like, like we keep saying, and I said it on game day as well, we're, we're full circle, it's, it's the never-ending circle of life in League One under Lambert, isn't it? We can't beat the top sides. Um, can't see when we're going to. I can't see us doing it Saturday. Um, but we can beat the bottom sides, and that's where, why we are at the moment. And it's been said before today that um, if we get in the playoffs, it's not going to make much difference because if we get in the playoffs, it's, we're still going to lose these big, big, uh, these big games because we can't beat them. And with more pressure as well, it's just um, it'd be, be pretty pointless us being there. But, but yeah, I think we'll lose. They've um, got too many good players, and the way we play is just it just fresh, probably. Um, so I'll go with even though Norris is no longer playing for us, I'll go for 4 1 again.
0: All right, four, four, one, 4-1, Peter Barrett. Yeah, um Harvey, go over to you. How are you feeling going into this game?
2: <laughs> yeah, some really interesting points there that Thomas made about the kind of Peter perspective on it. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but my opinion, I just think Darren Ferguson is one of the most overrated managers I think I've ever come
3: across. I agree, <laughs> I agree, yeah.
2: Honestly,
4: arrogant bunch of gits outside Derby
2: unbelievable and he, and i i listened to um i've mentioned it before the uh the peterborough chairman's podcast and he said oh. multiple times on that podcast that um it, he's got one of the safest jobs in football which i think is is a bit of a strange thing to say considering he sacked him twice um <laughs> but um, yeah regarding peterborough i mean I, I i love the way that club's run i think you look you, you look through the through the years they i think i might have this wrong but they got rid of i think they sold Galen brought in a sombalonga and I or it might have been the other way around. And like um, like Thomas mentioned, they're constantly recruiting the right players. They are anticipating losing players and, and they're already doing their due diligence, you know, twelve months beforehand to get the right player in. Um, and regarding their style of play, they, they seem to be insistent on playing this this three five two system this season. Um, and Thomas mentioned Carlo and, and Burroughs have been playing the wing back roles you know, Carney's a striker and Burroughs is an attacking midfielder. So for me that, that says that they still haven't nailed down a proper starting eleven yet. I know that um uh, has been under under criticism the last few weeks as well because he hasn't been doing it. he's, he's been benched for, for, for an eighteen year old, which kind of says a lot about about where they are. But the three five two system, really, if we're playing a four three three, which let's be honest we probably will be, or a four two three one, whatever Labour wants to call it on Saturday. Um, it's perfect if a four three three is perfect against a three five two because any normal team you, you constantly have two against one. But because Chambers and and Ward now seem to not go past the halfway line, we're not going to have that that situation. So um, I think I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a two two again because I want to be positive. Yeah, I don't think I I don't. Probably think it will be, but I want to be positive because I think they can they can see goals. Um, but I think with Johnson, Clark, Harris, and Dembele he's a really good player as well. Oh, he's um, yeah. yeah, I think he's he could give our back for real, real problems. So I think they'll they'll definitely score. Um, I think a point would be would be a good result. And I hate that cliche, but <laughs> yeah. I think it will be because um, I can't see his winning winning against them. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a two-two. Um it'll be interesting to see how people line up again, whether they're going to stick with Conor with and Burroughs as a wing backs, As I said, that's not their, their natural positions. They've got Dan Butler at left wing-back, who is a, is a really good player. I don't know whether he's injured or I'm not, I'm not too sure what's going on with him. Um, and they've got Mason as well at, at, at right wing-back, and they've got someone else there as well. So it's interesting that he's already, you know, so early on in the season that, that Ferguson has gone to this kind of youth, um, youth element in the side um, it might work it might not but for me on Saturday yeah I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-2 and um, yeah i will slap your hand off now if you, if you offered me that to be honest never cliche lovely
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liam well how are you feeling going into this I can imagine you're not going to go for 2-2 because uh, yeah I
5: don't know could do how are you feeling um, it's good you asked me that because, um, I don't think they'll create two chances, let alone score two goals. So, um,
4: <laughs> <Well>.
5: <laughs> so I think I think 2 2 might be a little bit optimistic. Um, that they, they've got, I, I do want to make the point though that Harvey made, I was going to make that myself, but Peterborough have got themselves a really good setup there. I mean. Tony has gone on to Brentford. And I mean, he's not going to be at Brentford much longer unless they get into the Premier League this season because he is banging them in for fun. Um, but they keep finding these players, they keep bringing them through. They, they, they take these, these um, rough diamonds and they shine them and, and, and then sell them on for good profit. And, and that's part of, of um, this process that Evans wants. He wants to turn the club into this. Into this um, mass production of youngsters who are going to take the club forward and, and sell them on, and, and it should be the same in terms of buying players as well. If you can buy some decent players who may be a bit on fancy to other clubs and be able to maybe get the get a tune out of them, then you're going to get people wanting them and, and getting good money for them. Uh, they seem to have a scouting network, whereas Ipswich just doesn't seem to have a scouting network at all. It's just awful. Um, but I mean that they were um, slick as anything when they came to Portman Road earlier in the year. Um, that that four one was pretty was pretty comprehensive. That was a really bad day at the office. Um, and on their day, I think. Out of all the teams in this league, they have the most exciting players in their team. I know of, that you've got Sunderland potentially there, but I didn't see anything out of Sunderland that suggested that they're that brilliant. Whereas I think Peterborough, if they turn it on, they can really, really go to town. Um, I don't think they will with us, though. Um but I don't think we're going to get anywhere near them again. Um, but I'm I'm going to say um, I'm going to say a two-nil defeat. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep the the two, but I'll just say we're not getting to. So um, yeah, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna, as Tom says, go full circle. We get beaten by another promotion side, and we'll get the the same. Um, the same rhetoric of we need the players back. The injuries are costing us and, and this, that and the other. So not a lot to really look forward to, to be honest. But we still no.
3: played
2: incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
0: um, I'm going to leave David to last because this is his favourite side. Um, So, James, how are you feeling going into this end, my friend?
1: So you were just reading through the results there of, mm-hmm. the, of Peterborough's previous games, and it just reminds me what David was saying earlier. The teams are average in this league. There is really nothing that we should be fearing, and it just smacks of that weird distinctly average too, unfortunately. Um, I think Liam was right. We need to create more chances. We need to create more than two chances. And if we're playing our pass-it-round-the-back, you know, pass it up to the halfway line and struggling to break through, then I think we need to be causing a bit of chaos. We've already seen Hawkins this season. He can, he can hold up the ball in good areas. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be trying to get it into him. Like he, should be, he should be starting this game. There's no reason why we shouldn't be getting those balls in the box. And just get some shots on target. Like, I sat through Oxford... On watching the Oxford game and I follow and that was a game that we didn't have a shot until the header in the 91st minute and it was oh,
0: literally horrible.
1: two hours of my life I would never get back so yeah. like, we need to be doing something a little bit more ambitious than, than that kind of performance um, that being said I'm still not positive that that is the kind of way we're going to go it's going to be typical Ipswich once again and I'm going to agree with Liam and I think it'll be a 2-0 loss
0: okay then well david to finish you off what you thinking then of course not looking forward to it but uh
4: how, how are you yeah i hate peterborough
2: <laughs> uh,
4: it the reason why and it whilst i'm rational because i want I, I mean you, you can argue i'm not rational generally um <laughs> I wasn't terribly rational last season when we played them. I had a huge rant about it um, and I got grief in various quarters for it. The reason is, it's the same reason I have a problem with Darby. it's, It's not any sort of personal rivalry and things. I just think they're a Mickey Mouse side and I've got no particular axe to grind against them. They're a medium sized side, like a Rotherham or something like a Barnsley, who go up and down, up and down between these two divisions. Whenever they go in the championship, they come straight back down again, basically. They may have done two seasons together, but they go back down. But their fans and their chairman, they, they have this sort of weird sort of sense of entitlement that they're a big club. They're not. I, I, I fail to see where it comes from. It's the same as Derby. At least Derby won something in 1974. Um, that That's that's my gripe with them. They, they just play Billy, Billy Big Bollocks, and it just gets on my nerves, basically. Um. Saturday, I'm. Mm. <laughs> I'm. I'm... <laughs> on the one side, I fear losing to this bunch of assholes again. Um, on the other side, I had a conversation with Oscar on the way down. I picked him up from university the weekend, and David's uh... son. Uh... <laughs> 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 For context. <laughs> I spent um, three and a half hours in the car on the way back from Derby conversing and, and we were talking about the um, Burton game and um, before it happened, obviously. And I was in the last pot. I was reasonably optimistic that I thought we were going to sort of stick several past them and so on. And then I watched um, the Portsmouth game and changed my mind and it was all doom and gloom. Previously, one of the things he was saying is that there are a lot of players who have a reputation but haven't done it. And maybe they're actually not that good because Hughes, Judge, various people, it's years since they've actually done what they're promising to do. And we, we look at it on paper and say that. And I agree with him to a certain extent, but I do think that we've got good players. And I think that we have a tendency sometimes to, because we see them week in, week out, we see their failings and we see that. Whereas we see someone like Smodic or something like that, and we see a stat, or we see Tony was there last season, they recruit well, and it becomes a bigger issue. At some point, I was thinking that we're going to lose to a lower ranked side because we've been riding our luck, which is why I went 2 0 to Burton. Equally, there's no reason why, given the fact that this division is mad, that there isn't anybody any good in the division, why at some point, purely on the basis of averages, you might not beat them. (laughs) You know, it it can go both ways, can't it? The reason why we're still fifth or joint second, if you're a twat, then (laughs) is because all of the other teams are losing to... MK Dons, or they're losing to Rochdale, or they're losing to Wimbledon, or they're losing to Shrewsbury, and then they're beating Sunderland, and then they're beating Portsmouth, and then they're losing to someone else. You know, it, it, whereas we just beat anyone in the bottom half and lose to the top half. So it's a mad division. I don't think Peterborough are as good as before, um, because they've disrupted that front line and it takes a little while. You look at those results over the last seven games, six, seven games. Two wins in seven isn't great form. They've scored the only time they've scored more than one since October is against Rochdale. The rest of the time it's always been zero and one. So they're not something we should be fearing. We shouldn't be sitting there and going, this is the side like last year at this, when we lost to 4 1. We had got that attacking movement of Tony and everything like that up front and we couldn't live with it. They're there. And if you take those green shoots, ha ha, and we play on the front foot and we look at the data and we look at it in training and we try we try and eradicate some things rather than just doing exactly the same thing again then i think that you can win um, oh. so i'm going to go i'm going to go for 2-0 to us fucking hell <laughs> all right yeah what i'm i'm
5: going to go, I mean, for, uh, go. I try to be positive, and I went for a one-nil against Portsmouth. But every time I think, "Oh, we will beat one of them at some point," it keeps throwing it back in my face. That's, that's yeah, I just can't I that, do it why, anymore.
4: Which is why I, which is why I amended my three-nil um, original prediction against Burton to two-nil defeat, um, because I thought, right, I've had enough of being positive. It just doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I'm 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 just innately sort of. An optimistic person, and at some point it will turn. Um, and what better time to make it turn than against wrecking Peterborough?
0: <laughs> All right, well, I'm You're in eye. shock, I'm speechless after that. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, I, I doubt that will happen, but if it does, then are uh, you well, a David? Bonus
4: point if it happens? Y- yeah, okay,
0: yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> deal, deal, you get a bonus point if it does happen um but yeah there we go then and have a game deck time in the books um i think i said my friend seven times uh do i count that one as eight times um but it's been a pleasure to have thomas john no john's not here what am i saying john I don't know what i'm saying john john is listening hello john listening um on your car ride home but thomas liam harvey David and James making his debut. Thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure speaking to you on this lovely Thursday evening. Um, but as ever, if you want to get involved in the podcast, what you've got to do, just like James did, message me on Twitter at RossMedia UK to get involved. We want to hear your voices. We want to get you involved and uh, shout about different things. So that is it for us. I've been Producer Ross, and we'll see you in the next one. It'll be an earlier one. It'll be recorded on Monday. As, of course, we have now the festive period, Boxing Day and then the game before New Year's Day as well. So get ready for that. That'll be a nice little Christmas special for you. Uh, The regular game day guys will be there. So look forward to that. But uh, let's see if we can beat Peterborough 2-0. I don't see it happening, but let's wait and see. (laughs) Anyways, see you later, guys.
1: From true
5: crime to football, Brexit to Hopeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.